the original king of trucks, mainline GM and mainline Chrysler in Rosetown. Both of those dealerships worth the drive every time guaranteed. We couldn't do it without our title sponsor out in Rosetown. Fellas, we're back for our bi-monthly twirl. I think is how we would, I always get those confused guys, whether it's bi-monthly, bi-weekly, semi-monthly. I think we're bi-monthly twirl. Yeah. We are back. Yeah. Sickness has been running rampant in the Belter house. Don't know how the shinks have been making out, but uh everywhere. We got our, yeah, it's been everywhere. We got to push out though. I think I think we're good to go. We got some uh some games for the kids starting this weekend. So uh yeah, no, it's been good. Ready to buzz, ready to get the kids playing some games. There's there's something, and uh, you know what, you guys can roll your eyes at me. There's something to be said about masking when everyone is sick. And you're in like small rooms and close confines and planes and buses and all that. Like, it just seems like everyone's getting sick. Yeah. Everyone's sick. Well, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure the reason everybody's getting sick is because everyone's immune system is not used to the spreading of germs, right? Like after the last few years, everybody, like literally everybody is sick. And I heard from different people at schools and, and even at work and stuff, like half the staff is down and out. So hopefully we get through it soon. And uh, yeah. What do, do we know? Do we know, speaking of our title sponsor uh, in Rosetown, Saskatchewan, the GM store, and obviously the Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram store. Do we know what they got going on here in uh, in November and into December? They're just, they're, they keep moving, keep moving iron. Deals. They got deals. They got Lots things happening. Irons on the lot. You can, Bus down, drive down, bike down, fly down, however you got to get there, get down to the King of Trucks. No, they haven't uh, haven't seen anything for the November November deals at the King of Trucks. I do know they've got uh, free winter tw- tire quotes, and they've got rebates on winter tires. So, uh, yeah, go down there, get those winter winter studs put on and, and hit the road safely. Tell, just tell, show, tell Shody Scotty the Nooner Boy sent you. He'll cut you a hell of a deal. Hey, this this uh, Silverado 1500 Custom that they got on the lot on the GM side, the the Chev truck. I don't know. I'm trying to think what what you drive, Brandon. This is a sharp unit. It's got that oiler, that oiler blue, and it's black. So it's going to fit in fit in really nice with our uh, our guest when we talk about the oilers this week. And uh, hey, the king the king's price right now. 55268 on that. It is a sharp looking uh, unit. Look it up. Chevy Silverado 1500 Custom, the blue one. That one's got Nooner written all over it. I know over at the Chrysler side, stop what you're doing right now if you love a Jeep because it's Jeep season. I see they got a nice Jeep used season. Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Sahara edition on the lot. Just landed at the uh, Chrysler side. It's a 2018 low kilometers. <laughs> In Rosetown. So you Jeep guys and gals out there, get to the original King of Trucks. Trade in the Ford Probe and get into a Jeep. Yeah, that's the uh, title sponsor of the podcast, the King of Trucks. Like we mentioned, worth the drive out to Rosetown. We appreciate them. we got a busy show today. We're going to try and keep it somewhat high and tight because we got another senior show coming out. That's going to drop probably on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, for you senior hockey fans, our top 10 going to be coming up in a couple days. But we got some good stuff on this show as well. That's right. But before we get going on that one, let's go to the last show recap. And our last show was absolute legend from the West side in Saskatoon pro uh, junior. And then now he's uh, toiling 
still in the senior ranks, Ryan Keller. What a, what a great interview. And Good, I, dude. I, I had people give me, I was like, is he really that nice of a guy? I'm like, yeah, what you see is what you get with Kells. He must be a Kinsman member. Cause I was always told nice guys run the Kinsman. So yeah, he was awesome. <laughs> Excellent guy. He's had Big four, Kinsman. four points the other night with the outlaws. We'll get into that a little bit more, uh, that. maybe on the senior show, but he's buzzing, buzzing I, this year. His Austin Matthews story. If you haven't listened to the pod, I'm not going to go into, you got to go back and listen. Shane, you and I were at the rink the other day and we were, we were laughing at that with some guys. Yeah. Like just an all timer. Yeah. What a beauty. Uh, you know, great guy to get on the pod and, uh, Local guy still playing. Everyone can relate to him. So yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and 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 give that a give that a listen. Last show recap is always brought to you by Arctic Spa in Saskatoon and Regina. Sunset Bay is a store name in Regina up in Saskatoon as well. They have spas like we talked about starting at just over nine grand and it isn't too cold. They can get one lifted into your backyard right now. Get the electrician over, get it all hooked up. By Christmas time, you could be uh, chomping on a gingerbread cookie and sipping on a last mountain cherry whiskey with a new hot tub and i told you i I got this from them boys anyone that comes in and says that they're on a senior hockey roster in saskatoon or regina they're getting a discount on a tub wow so we're we're gonna let you go in and find out what the discount is but you talk to tori down in regina or any of the fine girls and guys up in saskatoon you're getting a discount and it is it is hot tub season for sure, and I'm sure they got lots of smokers in there too. So you can get a nice piece of meat on there, get a get a smoker in there beside your hot tub. I wanna I wanna go back to the senior hockey thing. I wonder if the Mydale Mustangs have any cards left. Maybe I'll sign up just to get the discount, play a I'm few sure games, and then work in man's league. You're a little old. You're probably you maybe you're a little old. old. Stangs, yeah, the Mydale Stangs. I don't know if they. Honestly, Shane, I probably had a better chance of making them when I was in Bantam than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were looking good. Hey, we can get into that. I thought you were looking good. Yeah, the we'll, get day. we'll get into the that. We'll get into that. Noon hour skate. I thought you looked real good. My hey. first time out in twelve. I thought you looked awesome. We'll get into that with our uh, come up. Let's right. keep going Let's to come go. up for general well servicing. Yeah, we're going to get into that uh, epic battle at the Doug Wickenheiser Arena, and the boys are out there skating. We're talking, talk about that uh, senior Black. hockey. If you missed our senior hockey top ten show, we are going to recap what happened there, along with our player of the week from last week. The new senior show is coming up in a few days. Uh, our interview. Brandon is a massive Edmonton Oiler fan, and who wasn't a fan of these guys when they made that run? That one, yeah. what was it, 2006, six. 2007 year? Yeah, 06, 06. Lost in the Game 7 Cup Final to Carolina. This guy had mojo. If there was ever a mojo in the dictionary, his his face should be beside it. Fernando Pisani. You probably remember him. He was unbelievable. Brandon, how many goals did he have in that uh, run? 14 goals. I think 14 assists. He matches the yearly total, which was his career high in, in the playoffs that year. It was unbelievable. Some big goals too, like overtime winners, yeah. shorthanded OT winner in the Stanley Cup finals to keep the team alive on the brink of elimination. Did it all. You want to talk about Kells like being a nice guy. This guy, what a what a super nice guy. Yeah. Oh, you know, and another thing a guy mentioned, he said, uh, going back to the Kells saying, uh, Ryan, if you remember, he he talked about the Knights having one of the smallest zones. I always thought the Barons had the smallest zone. 
And he's like, yeah, you know, the Knights had a smallest zone and we beat Swift Current in the in the provincial final. And I was like, the Knights probably had the smallest zone. Also, they had the least amount of vehicles, most multifamily dwellings, and most <laughs> kids that used uh, public transport to games, guaranteed. <laughs> Big bus family. Uh, no, so that's uh, the come up and the last show recap. And the come up as always for general well servicing and the day group of companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they got a lot going on. They're always hiring right now, right? Like big, big bucks, good pay, good part of the province. I know they're pretty tied in with the kind uh, of Red Devils. They got some weapons working for them that are playing with that kind of wagon who just continues to hammer teams. We'll talk more about that in our senior show Thursday, but just a little tease. They absolutely hammered my Moosam and Red Barn Rangers on the uh, weekend. So, yeah, lots lots to get to, lots to talk about. Let's keep it high and tight, like I mentioned, and uh, jump into the shout-outs this week for Synergy AG. Shout-out to them this week, fellas and ladies at Synergy AG, local crop input retailer. Locations throughout Saskatchewan and a little bit into Alberta. New ones coming up at Melfort, St. Brew, Soil Plant Analytics. They kind of do it all chemical fertilizer so are guys getting ready for that right now is that uh, they're starting to think and dabble and look at something different probably gonna get stuff ordered eh? i think you probably have to right just like everything else in the world the supply demand thing is still throwing a little bit of a monkey wrench into it so yeah you got to be prepared and uh, your local rep can get you looked after make sure your orders get in and and uh delivered and good to go i almost fell off our island chair today when i was going through the mail And I got a letter from Synergy AG, a legit almost fell off that stool on. And I wasn't sure what's going on. You remember, you remember as a kid, you guys ever have uh, pen pals? Was it pen or pin? Pen or don't ask Shane. Pen pal. And I was like, oh, I got a letter from uh, Synergy AG. What's all Was that right, Boz? Pen pal? Yeah. See? Ask me. I I never had one. I had one from New Westminster, BC. Name, what was his girl? name? Girl or guy? Girl or guy. It was a guy that I don't I don't remember Raul. his name. Raul. I just know we exchanged like two letters. It was like a school thing. We were like, yeah. Did you send him a pin? Like a, Saskatch- a Saskatchewan pin? Send, send him, him a, a pi- cribbage board. <laughs> send him a picture of your mom's drink at the bar and handle. My Carolizer. mom's famous. She has her own drink at the, the bar. Ingredients. <laughs> ingredients are easy. It's just a... Shot of vodka and Kahlua. It's a paralyzer without the mix, fellas. <laughs> those those creeps in New Westminster are probably like, you send me more pictures? I can't remember his name, though. But yeah, geez, that was a long time ago. That was about the time. That was about 2006 when the Oilers were ripping it up with Fernando. But was, all, you were it's watching. All a, it's all a blur. Watching uh, playoff games, putting pen to paper. Yeah. <laughs> Dear shout- so-and-so. Uh, shout out time, like you said, for Synergy AG. Uh, who wants to go first or who wants to lead off shout outs? I'll get her fired up, fellas. I'm going to give a shout out to the Spiritwood Zamboni driver. <laughs> 85-year-old Joyce Willick had that called in this week. I guess she still swears like a sailor. Tells the boys to F off all the time. She's an absolute weapon. There's tons of stuff in the community for the church, for everything out there. They say the place can't run without her. So big shout out to Joyce out there kicking it old school. I'd like to give a shout out to the Corrobert Tigers. 
We've given them a hard time on the show. They stepped up this week and they bought the visiting team some great Western Pilsners Nice. after their game. They heard the Japs. They heard it all from nice. the Huendon Jets. And, uh, yeah, thanks for supporting and thanks for grabbing GW to the Corrobert guys. Teams get Love signed it. up, signed Love up on it. the beer deal. How far is Corrobert uh, from Kinder's? Like, oh, should I go up and just take Third, in uh, ha- have a have a beer in that bar in the rink they used to have? 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, Not it's far. a hop, skip, and a jump. See if someone can give me a lift up Ride there. Your bike. I got a uh, shout out Saskatoon Minor Hockey and their social media. The people who run that really good job up there, Saskatoon Minor Hockey, and you're engaging social media and kind of showcasing some of the kids staying on the heels of Saskatoon. Carter McNarlin, son of Kevin and Coralie McNarlin. Uh, Coralie used to have a deadly MR2 by the way, he committed <laughs> to the university of Anchorage, Alaska. So there was a, he was, he committed somewhere. I think it was Dartmouth. And then there was, they kind of had a, a conversation and they weren't going to, uh, you know, maybe play him so good, but it was a really good process and, and decommitted or whatever it's called. And now he's going to Anchorage, Alaska. So a shout out to Carter McNarlin and his fam. Little moose hunting and salmon fishing up there. Couple booners. I got a shout out for the fellas. Well, not the fellas, the people, men and women, children out in Rokenville. We talked about that fundraiser they yeah. had on the weekend for the uh, Hickman family. The 50-50 raised $5,160 at a wow. senior hockey game, of which was won by Jody Herryung, and they donated all of the uh, portion of the family as well. So it's amazing. the winner not only bought tickets, but then said, you know, that 2500 just give it to the family too. So kudos to everybody who chipped in out there. If Jody listens to the Monday Nooner and you're around Regina, someone DM us. Let's get yeah. uh, Jody. I don't know if it's Jody a girl or Jody a boy. That's one of those tricky ones. You know what? Uh, I'll get a hat or a, or a t-shirt. I'm a new or something. We'll get, you a sw- yeah. we'll get you a swag package together. I'll take sure. it. I'll take it one step further. Rokenville is actually in my touring area for my work region. There we go. And I'll be going to the new oil can diner to get combination B in the next couple of weeks. So I can <laughs> hand deliver that to one Perfect. of the best Chinese restaurants in Saskatchewan. Meet me there. I'll buy you lunch too. There we go. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. So if anyone knows Jody, there you go. Get a hold of the, the oh, hit us up. Uh, another shout out here. Uh, hi, guys and girls highway crews. Like that was a tall order getting some of these roads in Saskatchewan back to some sort of driving condition over the last two weeks, what we've had, like they're out there buzzing and grinding away. So highway crew Monday nooner loves you. We got a plate cover for your trucks and a sticker. Good. Good on you. Decals. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. So that's uh, any more shout outs, wrap it up. Shout outs for synergy. A G let's get into the, uh, Let's keep it moving, guys. Let's get into the interview this week. Excited about this one. Guy's a weapon. Yeah, I'm going to let you take uh, take the intro here. The interview is always for Revive Men's Health Clinic in Saskatoon and Regina. Like we talked about, it's not a joke. If you're dealing with uh, ED men, you just go look them up. Don't be embarrassed. Run the incognito thing on your Google and uh, search Revive Men's Health Clinic. You can see the treatments that you can get so you can stop taking the pills and get things back working. So when she gives you the look, Roxette style, you're ready to go. Revive, Revive Men's Health Clinic in Saskatoon and Regina. Pleased to be joined this week by a member of the Edmonton Oilers for a good chunk of his career. He was an absolute weapon obviously in the 2005 2006 playoffs i'll never forget fellas 
Oilers snuck in the back door, barely make the playoffs. Detroit Red Wings had 58 wins that year, 124 points. The oil knocked them off. And this guy was a hero the whole way through. He scored 14 goals, 14 assists in the playoffs. He went on to uh, have a pretty good career over nearly 500 games with Edmonton. He was an eighth round draft pick, made a heck of a career out of it. Please welcome to the Monday Nooner podcast, Fernando Pisani. Yeah, so like we said in the intro here, joining us, uh, former NHLer, Edmonton Oiler All-Star, and uh, surprise, we're going to get to all that in a, in a little bit here. Fernando Pisani joining us from, is it Edmonton or is it St. Albert or where are you? Uh, Sturgeon County, so just outside of uh, St. Albert. Right on, right on. So, okay, before before we get going here, the reason that you and I uh, kind of got hooked up here was through our mutual friend, uh, Stefan Gloa. And he's part of the rocket gear. Uh, I guess it's like training um, tactic or apparatus that these kids are using these days. Yeah. If you if you kind of paint the picture for people on what rocket gear is as a former NHLer, you know, how do you explain it? Well, essentially, it's kind of the old uh, weighted ankle system there, um, but it's obviously been revamped and. Uh, um, you know, I've, I've kind of tested it out on myself and did a couple laps and, uh, you know, there's three pounds on each, on each leg. So you essentially just get dressed like you normally would, like you're going out for a skate and then you put the, uh, rocket beer, uh, rocket gear, uh, pads on, uh, it's three straps, tighten it up. And then you just kind of skate around and you really start to notice it as you, you know, you start to get into the 10 minute mark and, uh, if you're out of shape like I was, it was the two-minute mark where you started to really notice uh, your legs started to get really heavy and uh, really started to work on uh, on the cardio side of things. And it's so the whole theory behind it, and and when the I guess the scientists uh, came up with it or whatever, it's train the way you play, right? Because you know these kids are doing these box jumps and plyos and and all that, but this is something that they can wear on the ice. Yeah, and and that's the thing. This you know with science and everything's kind of evolving, you always want to train, you know, how you would on the ice and uh, you can lift as many weights as you want. You can do whatever you want, but until you, when you step on the ice, you never feel like you're fully in shape. And uh, you know, I believe rocket gear, you know, has the ability to do that. It's very transferable and you know, you're skating around, it's, it's heavier. Um, you know, what I used to do with the kids or still do with the kids is basically put it on them for about 25, 30 minutes. Uh, and then the rest of the practice, they do it without. So they really notice, uh, you know, that big change in, oh, I, my legs feel so much lighter and I feel like I have a little bit more jam and, and more energy and uh, you just feel faster. Right. So that's the biggest concept behind it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you got, uh, is there different weights or is it just one weight? Just kind of go on a timeline. Um, well, you, you can add as many, as much weight as you want. Um, I try to just keep it at uh, the standard weight that it comes with because, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you add too much too, too quick. Uh, you don't really get the, the true, um, science behind it. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing is just kind of keep it with what they recommend and then, uh, you can start to build towards that after, but, um, you know, with the kids, I usually do that with the three pounds on each side and then just let them skate around, get used to it. Um, and then just start to kind of tweak the drills based on, uh, you know, where they're at in their progressions. 
So a two-part question, when you played, were you a big fitness guy? And number two, how much do you think this could have helped you when you were playing and you were training? Yeah. You know what, as a player, you're always looking for every advantage to try and, you know, reach maximum performance. And I was always, you know, looking for, for something different and just something to give me that edge. And when I was playing, I tried this machine that really it was, uh, it just zapped me every time I was trying to get my muscles fired up. And, uh, I was kind of wondering why the heck I was doing it, but, uh, my old trainer was kind of saying, well, we should just try this out and see how it feels. And it kind of, it was a something different, but you know, at, at the end of the day, as a player, you're always looking for that edge to just give you that, you know, extra step or, you know, something that you can use and, and, you know, get an extra shift or something out of it. Right. So that's kind of the, the mindset for players, you know, especially in the NHL, you're always looking for that advantage. So we got to say, this is a startup company from Edmonton, Alberta. The product was invented by Dr. Niz Sab. I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, he's worked with chiropractor and sports performance for 25 years. So Fernando, when you when you put these on for, for your kids, we're going to get to your kids in a bit, but like, is it, you know, they can use it when they're working on their edge work and their crossovers, backwards, forwards, kind of everything? Yeah. You, so when I do it for the, for the boys, I just, you know, whatever skill session we're working on that day, we'll just kind of implement those to, to help, right? So uh, sometimes it'll just be kind of doing some edge work and we'll get them to wear them for edge work if we're just doing uh, shooting in stride and skating in stride and, and uh, stick handling. Um, if you want to really slow it down, you can you know really slow it down and work on the mechanics of the game. Now there's some junior teams starting to pick up on it and, and you guys are getting this out there because it is so new. Um, you know, there's the smaller ones for the, for the younger kids. And then now, like, I, I think the humble Broncos are using it and there's some junior yeah. A teams in, uh, in Alberta using it as well. Yeah. So we're starting to get more and more guys uh, to wear it. And I sent the pair out to uh, a few uh, old teammates there. Uh, Andrew Cogliano was trying them out and wore them and uh, uh, Alex Tuck in Buffalo was, was trying them out. So and even I sent a parallel to Jamie Lundmark to use for, for his kids as well. And Jerome, uh, again, they used it for, for his kids. So just trying to get it out there so that guys can kind of wrap their heads around it and just kind of understand the product. Because, you know, some people are a little bit skeptical of, of certain things. But, you know, we just wanted to get it out there so that people can kind of get a feel for it and, and use it and understand it and just kind of really appreciate it. So it's Rocket Gear. It's R-O-K. ET gear. We'll we'll tweet some stuff out on on the Nooner account in a bit, but um, yeah, for kids, for adults. So so that's the Rocket Gear spiel. Is uh, you know it's pretty cool. I, I have a set, Shane. You got to use it. You get get it on your kids and uh, and let them try it out. It's like these little cylinder weights, right? And you put it in. It's it's really cool. But yeah, no. So we'll uh, we'll tweet some Rocket Gear stuff out. But let's get in. Let's get into the fun and the Fernando Pisani story and 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 the journey of uh, of, of your life. Um. So you're a you're a Saint Albert kid. Uh, uh Edmonton. Edmonton, okay. Um born and raised there. Uh did you play your whole life? Like did you did you start at the young age, like five years old and stuff like that? Yeah, so I started when I was four years old, played uh, all my minor hockey in, in Edmonton. Um then I played my my junior hockey actually for the St. Albert Saints. Um and then from there I went to Providence College and uh, I was actually drafted out of the uh, St. Albert Saints back in the, uh, in the AJ. And, uh, back then, uh, funny story when I got drafted, I was, didn't even pay attention to the draft that year. 
and I just was calling my buddy up to, hey, let's, you know, what are we doing tonight? Let's just go out and hang out. And his mom answered the phone and she said, uh, congratulations. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, uh, you were drafted. And I'm like, drafted by who? Like, I had no idea what the heck to the army. About. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, you're drafted. Uh, you're drafted by the Oilers. And I'm like, like, where are you getting this information? She said it was on the news. And I'm like, are you sure? So she goes and asks uh, her husband, and he's like, "Yeah, you're drafted." So that's how that's how I found out I was drafted was through my buddy's mom. Talk to them at all before? Like, had you had any pre talks no. with the Oilers or nothing? No talks at all. Back then, there was no, you know, there was no internet. There was nothing, right? So you you kind of, and then I started thinking, you know what? I, I called, uh, I started calling my buddies, and they're like, "Hey, guess what? I got drafted." And, uh, and I'm like, I better check on this because like, I can tell people and then all of a sudden uh, it's not true. So I, you know, I called a bunch of my buddies and said, they're like, yeah, congratulations. And then I called the journal, uh, the Edmonton <laughs> Journal at the time and the Edmonton Sun. And they, they, they said, uh, yeah, I said, can you name me all the Oilers draft pick? And they never mentioned my name. So I was like, oh man, I just told probably 50 or 100 people. So I'm starting to really sweat now. And I was like, oh boy. And then I finally got confirmation. The, you know, the next day I, uh, I found out that I was actually drafted by the Oilers. So it was kind of a, a funny story. And it was one of those things where, you know, I was so excited, so nervous. I go into their, uh, into the head office there, which was old, the old office by Kingsway Mall. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting in the lobby waiting and they said, yeah, you know, Fernando, come on in. And it was literally two seconds. It was like, here's your jersey and uh, we'll keep an eye on you over the next four years. Wow. That was it. I was like, okay, good talk. (laughs) You know, thinking I was You're ready. You're ready for the news conference. They're just like, here's your jersey. Cameras to pop out. (laughs) Well, obviously, uh, talk more about those Oilers years, but you're from Edmonton, just kind of based on your age, you mentioned you sent Jerome some rocket gear. Did you, are you around the same age as him? And did you play with her against Iggy growing up? Yeah, we played against Jerome quite a bit. Yeah. He was, he's a tough character. So, but yeah, we, uh, we always played against each other, never played with. (laughs) How are you as a player? Like, you know, when you, when you look back in your, maybe your Adam Peewee and into Bantam and whatnot, like, like what were you like as a player back then? You know what? uh, Back then I was, skilled and offensive minded i was never really thinking defense and uh i had to really change that after you know after college because you get to a certain point and everybody was the guy on their team that can score goals so you know you had to you have to figure it out pretty quick when you start playing um you know in the american hockey league and in the nhl because you can't just be a one-dimensional you're playing against the best guys in the world so uh, it was a, an adjustment for me to really figure out, okay, what type of player I needed to be and, you know, what type of player the team was looking for. So, um, you know, I, I always had the offensive uh, abilities inside me, but um, I really had to work on, uh, you know, just becoming a two-way player. You, you mentioned again, like when you go back to your minor hockey, like what were some of the other guys that you, you remember playing against uh, from that area or from the province or around? Um, I don't know if you guys remember Steve Ryan Preck. He played, uh, I played with him in, in, uh, in the AJ 
Jamie Lundmark was a little bit younger than me, but we've, you know, played against each other. Um, really, you know what, it's funny because as you start to get, you know, to the higher levels and, and you think that you're, you're competing against unbelievable players, you know, you get to NHL and there's 1% that, that really, you know, they get to make it. So those numbers really start to, to dwindle down. Uh, I played with Hal Gill. I don't know if you guys remember him, the big six foot six defenseman for the Bruins. And he was one of those guys where I was like, there's no way this guy's making this show. And next thing you know, his D partner after his senior year was uh, Ray Bork. So, <laughs> so yeah, so, but uh, yeah, you know what, but you, you know, pretty fortunate when you start to play with, you know, so many guys and you kind of go through so many different experiences and the friendships that you make as you move forward. It's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So, so what ages would you have played uh, with or against uh, Hal Gill? Hal Gill was uh, my, my college, uh, was my freshman and sophomore year. So that was, uh, you know, I was probably 21-ish or at that time, and he was probably 20, I think 23, 24. So he was just kind of finishing up as I was starting out. I, I always felt sorry for him because he was so big and obviously played a hell of a role. But he yeah. didn't seem like, you know, for the size, everyone wanted to take a shot at him, right? Like, it's like, hey, well, yeah. how do you, get, you get the tap. But he wasn't like that at all. He, on he that wasn't season. that type of player. Like, I, so, in you know, I, we always, I used to make fun of him all the time. But, you know, you'd get a pass from him and you never kept your stick on the ice. You always had to keep it about three feet off the air. So, <laughs> it down, right? So, uh, but yeah, and then that was funny because, you know, we'd be sitting there and, you know, I was at Providence, was 45 minutes down the road to Boston. And, you know, that next year, Hal's on TV playing with, with Ray Bork. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? So, but I was happy for him. He's a good guy. And he had a very, very good career. I don't know if he played over 10, 10 12 years, I bet you, in the NHL. So what, what, was, uh, what were your parents like? Were they, you know, the kind of the, the push you and, and all that, or did they just kind of let you do your thing? Or what was, the, what was that set up like at home? Well, my dad was more of a kick me in the ass kind of guy, like if I needed it. And then once I got to a certain age, he knew I was pretty competitive. So he never really had to, to do it. You know, both my parents immigrated from Italy to here. So uh, hockey was very new to them. They didn't really have a good understanding of the game you know they threw me on the ice and uh my brother and i just kind of learned on our own there was no skills coach or any of that type of stuff that the kids have now so um but you know i just loved it and was passionate about it and i was always shooting the ball and juggling with the tennis ball and just you know always kind of working on my game playing at the odr you know hours on end so um, but yeah, that's kind of how it was and grew up. And then I got to a certain level, played, uh, played in the AJ and then uh, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship in Providence and then kind of things took off from there. Older or younger brother? Older brother. All right. Did, did, so how, what was he like as a player? Like how many years older and, and did he play anywhere? He's yeah, he's three years older than me. Um, he he, did he play in Bonneville? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he played Bonneville. We actually played against each other uh, for one year, so that was that was fun. We uh, played played we with to, each other. Played against each other. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was in St. Albert. He was Bonneville, and you know we went into shootouts one time, 
And, you know, before we'd always talk on the phone and, you know, he'd say, uh, I say, Hey, where do I shoot on your goalie? And he's like, ah, go five hole. And he's like, where's your, I go, I go low blocker. So we get into a shootout and then I'm kind of the last shooter. I go in, I shoot five holes scored. Coach looks at my brother and he's like, he didn't even hesitate where to shoot on that one. Hey, like, I don't know what you're talking about. So. Um, and, and, uh, the, the junior racing, did you play like triple a midget before you, you played AJ or, and yeah, yeah. Did you play so it there? Triple a midget, uh, for one year. And then I played, uh, St. Albert right after that. So was there a WHL option at all anywhere in there? Yeah. You know what? I was listed with, uh, uh, the Red Deer Rebels. So that was, that was interesting. Went there, um, you know, I was a 15 year old kid and back then the game was so much different. It was, uh, a lot of fights and I was kind of like, you know, How deer headlights watching <laughs> what the heck is going on out here. Just trying to stay alive at that point, you know? Uh, and then, you know, I had a pretty good camp my first year. Then I went back home and they wanted to sign me. And I went to uh, the Saints camp. Guy took my knee out, so I was done for about two months. So that, that basically sealed that deal with the Rebels, which ended up working out okay. So um, then I ended up going the AJ route. Were you, were you pretty good in school? And at, at, one, at what point when you're playing in the AJ does uh do, do the scholarship offers and the opportunity to maybe go down south and play college happen well you know what the scholarships weren't very um they're pretty wonderful coming out of the aj right they were tough to come by so we uh, uh we went on a tournament um there's an alberta team that went out east and played some boston teams and that's kind of where it all began for me and that uh one of that summer my i guess it would have been my senior high school year I went to Boston and we played in a tournament and that's where Providence came out and watched and um, then they offered me a scholarship right after that so it was pretty pretty crazy. So you mentioned when Edmonton drafted you they said uh, here's your jersey and we'll catch up with you in four years is that kind of how it went like they just drafted you and we'll talk when you're done college kind of thing? Yeah you know it was kind of probably for them one of those picks where we'll just throw a dart at there and see what happens. Right. I think for them, um, they, you know, I was an eighth, eighth round pick 196th overall or something like that. So for them, I think it was just more of, let's just, you know, if it works out great, if it doesn't, then no big deal. And really I didn't talk to them until, uh, my senior year. And I, I actually had pretty decent numbers from, for college perspective, but, uh, I just wasn't one of the, the big, you know, top two, three round, fourth round players that get all the attention. And that's typically how it was back then. Like even when I was, when I went to the order camp and I went to the minors, it was, I was not on their radar and I had to kind of get on their radar. So I had to work my ass off to get that opportunity. So you play 462 regular season NHL games in that eighth round in 96. Do you know the two players that went in the eighth round that played actually more games than you? No. Who's that? It is a former guest on the show. Willie Mitchell played okay. nine, 907. He went 199th overall. And Thomas Caberley 
went uh, 984, or he went 204th and to Toronto and he played 984 games. So that eighth round, there was, there was some good darts Chuck there. Yeah, there was some good ones, I guess. Eh? <laughs> Sammy Sella went in the ninth and he, and he had uh, quite a few games too. <laughs> what, what did you take? What did you take in Providence? Like what did, uh, were, were you an uh, academic kind of guy? Uh, business management. School wasn't really my forte, but uh, you know, the one thing with our coach, he made sure everybody graduated, which was good. You know, looking back now, you know, everybody's focus is, Hey, I want to play in the show. Um, But some guys, you know, never get that opportunity, obviously. So it was good to have that to fall back on. I think I was looking in the last year you're in Providence. Like there was quite a few Sasky guys, Saskatchewan boys on that team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, any of them or. Ah, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I just remember looking through it, and I was like, "Yeah, well, that name sounds familiar. That name sounds familiar." Yeah. But, so the Pro- Providence, they must have liked the the gritty kind of Western Canadian guys. They liked the AJ and the SJ. We had uh, we had quite a few guys that played in those two leagues. So we had a lot of Canadians, to be honest. Like there was way more Canadians than uh, than Americans, I think, for for a few years. Our coach we, was Canadian guy. So were, were you guys any good you know, those years in Providence? Well, we were kind of in the middle of the pack. Um, we had like, it was a tough conference. You got BC, BU, UNH, Maine. You know, there was, uh, we were always trying to claw and, and fight to get into, um, you know, into hockey's finals there because you had to go through some really good competition. Okay, so out of those four years at Providence, how many college parties was the ABBA song played when you showed up? <laughs> Every time I walked in, it was that song. It was like, walk out, wait, 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 don't come in now. <laughs> now come back. I heard an yeah. interview somewhere with Hal Gill, and he was telling that story. How like every time you guys were out or at a party or whatever, that was the... <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like, I haven't heard it before. And they'd all look at me waiting for a reaction. I'm like... This is like the thousandth time I've heard this song, so it's not, not anything new to me. But they all thought it was the first time I was hearing it. I'm like, no, I haven't heard that a dozen times. Did, uh, did you did you prefer playing, uh, you know, Hockey East because everything is, is so close there and, you know, the travel seems pretty easy? Yeah, the travel was pretty light there. Like, you know, we went, the furthest place we went to was Maine. And that was about five hours. So everything was basically go back and come come back and sleep in your own bed which was pretty fortunate because uh, a lot of those conferences don't have that luxury at all so it, it was nice nice and easy to and you're only 45 minutes to boston so that was a cool pretty cool city to check out too and no doubt no doubt um so the laughter after the providence uh you end up playing in hamilton like how did that year then that summer go like where did you think you were going to land what were the oilers saying then uh, you know what? They weren't saying a heck of a lot. They basically said, come to camp and uh, we'll see how it goes from there. So I went to camp. I was too much in awe of all the, the guys, the NHL guys that were there. And I was just kind of more watching than playing. And I was first cut back home or back to Hamilton. So then my first skate in Hamilton, I break my thumb. So I'm out for... I think eight, nine weeks. I have no contract. So I didn't know what to expect. And so they kept me around, but it was, so, it was such a, it was so crazy because the team would practice at one time and I would be there either before practice getting physio and getting work done. And then while the guys were on the ice, like I didn't know anybody. 
So I would go back to the hotel and hang out there. And then finally, once it got cleared, which was like seven weeks later, guys are like, who the hell is this guy? Like, what's he doing here? <laughs> and then I finally got on the ice and played because someone just came up to me and he's like, he's like, what's your deal? And I'm like, I don't know. They haven't told me to go anywhere else. So I'm just going to keep showing up until they tell me not to. And then I had to work back then. It was three lines and two extras. So I had to work into the two extra forward spot. And, you know, I started playing and I was kind of in and out. And then I started to kind of solidify a spot. And then I lived in a hotel till January 1st that year. So I lived at the Ramada Inn. And I don't know if you guys have been downtown Hamilton. It's, uh, it's not the, the prettiest places to live. But I got to a point where I walked in and I'd be like, hey, the manager, his name was Carl. Hey, Carl, how are the kids doing? Tell them to say hi. You know, it was like... You're saying hi to everybody. I know everybody there at the hotel. And Good continental finally, breakfast or no? No, no continentals. No. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So then they basically said, go find a place. And it was like January that I had to go find a place. And nobody's going to rent you a place for, uh, you know, two months or three months. So I found this place. What a, It was like a dump and dive. And basically don't go outside after dark it was that type of area uh, but you know it's kind of one of those stories that you appreciate what you have after you go through something like that big carl should have taken you in as a billet <laughs> hey <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so uh, two year two years in hamilton at what point uh, do you, do you get a deal with the oilers or you know how did that all shake down yeah so i got uh, i was yeah, two years, and then we were playing in St. John's, Newfoundland, and uh, Claude Julian was our coach at the time. So we were getting ready to leave. Jared Stoll and I were walking out together, and Claude's phone rang, and he kind of was like, he gave us one of these. And so we both waited. We didn't know who he was talking to. And uh, then he called me over. He's like, guys, come over here. And so I went over there, and he said, uh, I think, Comrie got hurt that year. He broke his thumb. So they said, you're going you're gonna to fly out to L.A. And uh, they're playing in L.A. or Anaheim, sorry. So we flew out. I had to get out to from St. John's, Newfoundland, all the way to California, which was, <laughs> and in St. John's, there was a snowstorm every, you know, every five minutes. So I didn't sleep at all that night. I get on the plane and I'm like, I told the lady, you got to get me out of here i need to get to a main airport so i can get to you know to anaheim because you know there was delays and everything was kind of just going sideways i barely slept i maybe got two hours of sleep then i finally i think i flew from st john's to toronto then toronto to uh lax and then i drove in from lax to to anaheim and i wasn't sure if i was going to play or not they just said come to the rink we're not sure if you're playing and then i ended up they dressed me that day and I played 57 seconds. <laughs> so I sat on the bench. I had the best seat in the house and I was just hanging out there and all smiles. So at what point in time did you get your NHL deal? So I played um, that year. I had, there was a 10 games. So after 10 games, you kind of either knew you were going to stick around or not. And so the ninth, game there we were playing Chicago at home and I was on the ice and we were you know I, was, I think it was 2-2 two, two, 
And a shot comes from the point. Steve Thomas tips it. And I was beside him, but I didn't tie up his stick. Goes in the net and we lose the game. So I'm like, great. We're flying to Toronto to play the Leafs, uh, I think, the next day. And, I, you know, we get to the rank the next day and I see that I'm out of the lineup. And I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be okay. Fly home with that. Fly to us to Toronto. And we'll just drop you off in Hamilton. So <laughs> Carl's picking you up. Yeah, <laughs> Carl's picking me up. And, the sending uh, the sending the wagon to pick you up with the yeah, kids. Yeah, they said, "Here's a cab. Here's your fare. Go see it." But then the uh, Mac T calls me into the office, and he's like, "I got good news and bad news for you. What do you want to hear?" And I'm like, "Give me the good." He's like, "Well, the good news is we're going to keep you. Uh, bad news is you're not playing tonight." I'm like, I can live with that for now. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of how I found out that they were going to keep me for that year. And then uh, I ended up signing a three, three-year deal after that. What did you get for a signing bonus, if you don't mind us asking? And what did you blow it on? What was your, what was your first big purchase? You know what? I don't even remember. It wasn't a lot. I, I bought, what did I buy? I think I bought a car for myself. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was a Pathfinder. Ooh, Nissan. Brand new? Brand new? Yeah. Yeah, brand new. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's all my signing bonus could get me. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, we, 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 Google, we got Google so many guys that question, and it's kind of what I got. <laughs> 2003 or four Nissan Pathfinder. Yeah. 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah it was 2003. A little bit better than Ryan Whitney's. What did he buy again? We had, he had some old sedan. Yeah. He bought like a, an old, uh, old man sedan. And uh, yeah, with his no, signing bonus? Yeah. Inf- infinity q5 or something yeah. <laughs> so you, you played 35 games that year uh you got eight goals 13 points in those 35 games take us through your first uh your first goal first nhl goal well first goal it was um it was kind of one of those plays where uh, nothing really kind of was coming out of it I, ethan morrow was behind i think it was ethan behind the net threw it into the slot and i just shot it really quick and that's kind of all I remember. I don't remember where it went. I was just ecstatic that it went in the net. Who was in the net? Who was the goalie? Uh, I believe it was it was Washington. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so it wasn't one of those end to ends. So no no highlight goal there. It was just kind of an ugly goal, but I'll take them all. <laughs> but then the next year, the next year you play the the full season uh, with the Oil, and then I think it's the next year. It's a, it's a lockout year. Yeah, yeah, lockout year was uh, 05. So that was that was brutal. We, um, I actually went and played. I went to go and play in uh, in Switzerland for. I went for a week, played there for a little bit, um, and then didn't really have too much fun. So I came back, and then I went to Italy and played uh, there with a bunch of my well, a few of my college uh, roommates. So that was kind of a, a good time to go there and hang out and, and play. But a lot of the rinks there, they had just the roofs on and nothing on the side. So it was all open to the elements. And uh, it was one of those experiences where you just kind of shake your head at. And it was funny because I, I went there, I flew in, I flew into, I think it was, uh, I flew into, I can't remember where in Italy, but the guy that picked me up, the trainer, uh, my buddies didn't even come pick me up because they they sent the trainer because they knew I they just said it as a joke because he's got maybe four teeth in him 
and he would just <laughs> smile and he looked like splinter <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I get on the I get on there and I'm I'm texting with with them and they're just laughing and just trying to break my chops and uh, but it was yeah it was fun I was kind of missing the NHL but it was still uh, a good experience to kind of appreciate what you had. I was going to say that lockout was obviously shitty for everybody, but I'd imagine it was maybe extra shitty for a guy who's just kind of breaking into the league and just kind of earned his spot and then it's bad timing. Yeah. Right? Well, we, I would call, so it was Jason Smith and Steve Steos were our player reps. And I would constantly call them and just like, hey, what's the update? What's going on every, you know, three, four days? And uh, they'd just be like, hey, nothing's changed, man. I will let you know. You'll be you know, one of the first guys to know. But, yeah, you know, you, you work so hard to get there. And then all of a sudden they go through this lockout. And then that was with you know, the whole Bob Goodnow and then, um, oh, I can't remember, Ted Saskin, we came in there and it was just that whole, you know, crap shit show that went on and it was just frustrating. And yeah, so it was one of those things where you just wanted to get back and just play again. So we talked to some guys, I can't remember who exactly it was, if it was Lindros or someone on the show, on the program. And so many guys didn't play that year as well like like a lot of guys got really out of shape and they were like please don't end this because we can't we can't get back at her here like do you remember any of your buddies or anyone that that didn't go over and play that were you know grossly out of shape no you know what i think well a lot of guys that i played with were kind of didn't have that luxury to 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 do nothing (laughs) because in you know in a heartbeat your job can be taken so um, uh, actually a few guys that I played with, like Jason Chimera, he was he actually played in Italy as well. So we played against him. Uh, Rico Fada was there with me in, in Italy. Um, Stefan Quintel, Dan Deneau was there. So there was actually quite a few guys, uh, playing in that league. And, uh, it was just, it was just, you know, a, a really neat experience, cool experience because, you know, our, our team captain was, uh, you know, he was during the day, he was, you know, the grocery guy. He was the manager <laughs> at the grocery store. And our, our tough guy for the team was the, uh, you know, he was the baker. He was the town baker. And, you know, he'd be baking bread till three or four in the morning. So it was just, you know, it was just weird seeing guys in, having full-time jobs and then coming and practicing and, and playing and then getting up and go to work the next day. So Well, Italy, Italy must have been good for you because you had a hell of a year when you came back. Didn't hurt you at all. Yeah, well, it was uh, – well, the guys were like, hey, why didn't you play like that for us? When we actually, right? so, <laughs> you had one goal with us and you had 14 in the NHL playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're like, you didn't even try with us. I'm like, what do you mean I didn't try? I'm like, you did. It's just <laughs> – I got a little streak there, you know? What do you want me to say? <laughs> I was weighted down on all the carbs from Buddy that was yeah. working at the bakery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's go into that to that magical year for the Oilers because Brandon's a huge uh, huge Oiler fan. Like that year, if I remember correctly, like there wasn't a lot of expectations uh, for the Oil, was there? No, you know, every year it's you know, especially then it was trying to get into the playoffs, and that was you know we were always fighting for that eighth spot, and you know we had obviously Pronger came to us that year and. Uh, Pekka, so we, we just had a really good group of blue collar type players. 
And, you know, that last month and a half, we were just every single game. It was, we need the two points. We need to get at least, you know, some points out of these games because we were just clawing and clawing to get in. And, uh, and then when we finally did, like, we just had such a good veteran group like Mac T and Billy Moores and uh, Charlie Huddy and, and Craig Simpson were all of our coaches then. And, you know, once we got in, it was like, okay, we're playing Detroit. Nobody believes that we'll even win a period, let alone a game. Um, just here's our game plan. Let's just try it and stick with it and then go from there and see what happens, right? Like, like what was that? That was, that was an unreal series. I'm not a huge oiler fan, but I remember that. And if a guy wasn't been gambling back then, taking the oil to knock off, like what was the game plan against that stacked Red Wings team? Well, we basically had to clog up the neutral zone, right? We did not have, give them, you know, you got Z- uh, Datsuk, Zetterberg, and, and, you know, you have, uh, you know, at Iserman, and it was, you know, Iserman was my, my hero as, as a kid. So it was, you know, such an awesome thing to play against him. But th- we just literally locked it down. Like, we did not give them, you know, too much. And when you do give up anything on that team, they made you pay. So, uh, and then we had good goaltending, right? You can't go anywhere without, without that. But that was our big thing is we blocked shots and we just scored ugly goals and at timely times. And it was just, you know, Pronger was logging 30 plus minutes a night so he was exceptional like his first like coming out of the zone and his first pass was a laser and on the tape every time like he was just automatic if you were open he was hitting your stick i was gonna say you guys got rollison at the deadline how big was that do you think uh like like you mentioned the team wasn't exactly in a position to what people thought win a stanley cup and then you trade for a goalie at the deadline that seemed to be a big big part of it too yeah, so we traded for uh, Roly, and then um, and then we had Samsonov come right. in as well. So, yeah, so those two pieces, and Sammy was really good, and he kind of gave us, you know, top six uh, forward position there, and we, you know, and and Roly just caught fire. Like he was, I don't know if you remember him. Like he'd always get the paddle out and throw it up and try and swing at it like a baseball, and it's like Roly just. <laughs> Stop the puck. Don't start getting crazy on us. Right. Uh, but yeah, he, he was, he was exceptional. And, you know, if he didn't get hurt in, uh, in that game, you know, in that final series, uh, I think that would have been a big difference maker for us for sure. You talk to guys and, and obviously throughout the playoffs, whether it's, you know, senior hockey or junior, especially the NHL, like guys are playing injured and, and it's such a grind. Do, do you remember anything through that playoff year where someone shouldn't have been playing because they were just so injured? Well, you know what? It was a lot of us were pretty, pretty banged up. Uh, I tore some muscle in my rib and I, I couldn't twist or turn. And it was like, you know, you never know when you get that opportunity. You're like, you're not going to take yourself out of the game or out of that situation unless you're going to hurt, you know, hurt the team. And, uh, there was probably seven or eight guys that were pretty, pretty banged up and in rough shape. But, you know, like I said, you don't want to be the guy that steps out because oh, you got a little, you know, you're hurt here and there because everybody is right at yeah. some point. So, um, you know, Jason Smith, I've never seen a guy with uh, that, you know, pain threshold as him. Like he's, 
he's just a, he was a beast on the back end blocking shots and just kind of doing whatever it takes. So you see a guy like him, he's your captain, he's your leader. You see him kind of playing through stuff and, you know, you're a little bit banged up and there's no, there's no excuse to not play. Do, do you hate, do you hate answering these questions and going back that year? Does it, does it get sick thing after <laughs> you know all? What? I did because I did it, it just bothered me because I'm like, you know, I should have a Stanley Cup ring and I don't, you know, like, and it, it you know, now I kind of got over it. But you know what the problem is? Every year when they hand out the Stanley Cup, I never watch because it always goes back to watching it. I was sitting on the bench and when they, you know, when they gave it to Carolina, it's, it, it just, you still, you never get over that. You really don't. If someone says they do, they're lying. Yeah. Got to have some good memories of, I remember I was, I'm an Oilers fan, but I was 14 years old. I remember staying up late for all those, all those games, falling asleep on the couch, watching him when he played San Jose after that and stuff. But you got to have some good memories when you think oh, back yeah. to Paul Lorio singing Oh Canada and everyone like joining in. Like there's some pretty, pretty good yeah, moments that, along the way. Well, the building like Rexall was, you know, I, I don't think I've ever heard a building as loud as that. Like we would, Joey would go out and get the water bottles and every time that door would open or close with the training staff going in and out, you can, you can hear how loud it was. Like it was just, you know, crazy. And they're screaming, let's go Oilers. And it just echoed. And, you know, where my dress, where our dressing room was, you can hear like the feet pounding and it was, like if you never got, if you didn't get butterflies playing in that game, you know something was wrong because every guy in that room was just amped up to play. So we obviously talked about the team, but you were as hot as anybody's ever been in the NHL playoffs for that stretch. Were you were you playing really well going into the playoffs? Like were you feeling good, or was there a time it kind of something changed uh, for you? You know, going yeah, I think going into the into the playoffs, uh, you know, I was I was feeling pretty good. Um, you just never know, right? Like to me, I was always excited to get that opportunity because, you know, playing for the orders, we never had a ton of chances to, to get in and me being from home and having friends and family being able to come and watch, like you just get extra ramped up and revved up for those types of games. And, you know, you get, you get a goal and that's just how hockey is, right? You, you know, you get on a little bit of a, a streak and, and you ride it and, um, you know, you become very routine in, in what you do each day to get prepared. And that's kind of how, how I was. Like, I kept the outside world kind of away from, from the rink and just kind of stayed focused. And uh, when, we played, when we played in the finals, we were waiting. It was Buffalo or um, Carolina that we were going to play. We had to get out of Edmonton because the city was just going crazy. So we ended up flying into New York and practicing in the in the Rangers practice facility until we figured out who we we're going to play. Um, if, and then we end up flying to Carolina. Wow, obviously, that's a cool wow. story. Yeah, that uh, obviously the big goal people I'm sure talk about a lot in Edmonton is Game Five overtime, shorthanded, right? You guys are down three one. You win that game, go back to Edmonton to force a Game Seven. But when you're when you stole that puck, you got the puck. You're going in on Ward. Were you going high glove the whole way or? You just yeah, saw it opening? Or? Well, it was one of those plays. Well, I don't know if you, if you remember the play, but so Ethan Morrow was forechecking and, you know, like, and if you guys, you know, some guys that don't know hockey is, is a lot of guys will loop and 
he doesn't loop when he stops and he starts and he goes and he gets and hits hits the stick and just enough to kind of slow down the pass and i was just kind of sitting in the in the middle waiting and and just kind of holding my position and then as soon as i stepped up and intercepted it i i just looked up and i think ward was kind of not expecting it and then once he got set i was already looking to shoot and release it and it, you know it looked like he was uh, he was just giving me the the top glove. What, was that the book on him, or that was just an, an instinct move? No, that was just instinct. Like I looked up and saw saw where he was standing, and I just wanted to get it off as quickly and as as fast as I could. <laughs> so, what's your favorite Joey Moss story? <laughs> oh, there's lots. You know, he was. You know, he's just one of those guys that um, every time you came to the rink and you had, a, you know, you're feeling down and and just, you know, you had a bad game and, you know, you get into the rink and you're always worried about oh, what line am I going to be on if I'm in the lineup or out of the lineup. And he would always just be like, hey, bud, how's it going, you know, and just put a smile on your face and you just forget about that. You're like, you know what, it's it, it sucks if you're out of the lineup, but you know, there's, there's more important things in, in, in life than worrying about that kind of stuff. And he was just kind of give you that perspective and he'd pick up the boys and, you know, get them all riled up and pumped up and before games. And so you just do lots of, lots of little things. There's not just one specific thing that he would do, but he would, uh, yeah, he would just kind of keep, keep the room very light and, uh, you know, just keep the guys, kind of on track so he was he was very good at that so you guys are on that high after that year you're losing the cup final like and then you i think you got four more years in edmonton and, and you guys don't make the the tournament at the end of the year was there there must have been a lot of uh heckling and you know what the hell's going on and you know especially well, as a hometown guy you can't you can't escape it no and you know there was a lot of change you know with the pronger situation leaving and um it really wasn't, you know, the same same group. You don't really replace a guy like him. You know, the the elite defenseman's the best defenseman in the league. They're the best for a reason, and they're they're not easy to, you know, to to replace. So when you lose a big piece like that, that that really hurts. Uh, you know, it hurts the group for sure. Then you sign in uh, Chicago. Uh, I think it was the year after they they win the cup. You you go to Chicago. Was that uh the the best uh, spot for you at that time looking back yeah you know it was one of those things where it was good to just to go somewhere and get a change change of scenery um and i signed late with chicago i think it was like in middle of august and uh it's just you know to play for an original six team you know who wouldn't want to say that you you were able to do that and it was a it was a unbelievable organization and uh to play with guys you know like patrick kane and taze and you know duncan keith and seabrook and sharp and all those guys like it was in hosa like there was a ton of high-end talent on that team so it was it was a really good experience um, I, I don't know if you want to go into it, but, you know, we, we talked to other guys about, uh, you know, different guys who the battle prostate cancer and, you know, different stuff like that. And, and then you get uh, diagnosed with, with colitis, I think it was like 2007, 2008, that uh, obviously it must have came uh, out of the blue. How, how did uh, how did you find out? What, what were the signs? 
Uh, yeah, that was uh, probably the scariest thing I've been through. Um, and it was one of those things where you don't know what the heck is going on with you. Um, I don't know if you guys know much about it, but it's kind of when uh, you get internal bleeding and you, you know, you can't eat or drink anything and it just kind of goes right through you. So, uh, I lost, I think 55 pounds. Holy. Yeah. So, and it got to a point where I was hospitalized for a few months and, um, yeah, like the docs were coming in and they were prepping me for surgery and you have surgery, then there's no, no more hockey. You're not going to be able to, to, to play. And I remember the surgeon coming in and he would say, you know, we can't keep waiting because it's, I think it's two, two or three surgeries that you have to go through. And I was anemic and I was a hundred and I think, what was I? 160 pounds, maybe 150 pounds at the time. You know, I, I look like, you know, Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. That's kind of how I looked like and felt like it was just skin and bones. And, you know, I was I was terrified because I didn't want to have that. None of the meds that were uh, that I was taking were working and it was just an awful experience. And yeah, then I ended up my doc uh, came up with something that kind of worked for me. And then I slowly started to get better. And I was able to eat. And the worst, the scariest part is, you know, being scared to eat and drink. Like, yeah, put to my mouth was literally going right through me. And I was getting infusions all the time. And yeah, it was, it was scary. And, you know, hockey becomes, you know, secondary because you just want to be able to, you know, live a normal life after that. But yeah, that was, that was pretty scary. And I wasn't, it was one of those things where it's not, it's not the, a glamorous disease if there is such a thing. Like it's, yeah. kind of, it's, it's embarrassing really, you know, it's one of those things. And the Oilers are like, well, what do you want us to say? And you can either, we don't have to tell anybody or we can talk about it. And I'm like, you know what, if I'm going through it, you know, and there's kids that deal with this stuff, I'm like, you know what, it's better to just talk about it. And yeah. if somebody wants to make a joke when whatever it is, what it is, but I think, you know, lots of kids go through that and it's one of them and i've had so many people come up to me after that and saying you know your story was kind of you know inspiration to to us we're going through this and you know my kid can say that hey you know what fernando has this too and you know they don't feel as embarrassed if you know if that helps with their with their situation so that's kind of the road you know, we decided to take and, um, you know, I, I don't regret doing that at all. I was kind of happy that we did that so that, you know, if you help one person, then that's, that's awesome. Right on. Thanks so much for, for sharing that. Right. Cause yeah, you know, yeah. like you said, you know, people, people listen to it and, and hear it and it's, uh, it's, it's super important. We're probably wrapping up here with you shortly, but before we do, uh, your kids both play hockey, right? I think one is one drafted by the oil Kings. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So my oldest is drafted by the Oil Kings and then uh, my youngest is uh, he's playing U15. Yeah. And is that, is that the, the route there? Do you, do you try and uh, take them and watch some college hockey here and there? Or? <laughs> well, we actually went on a school visit and uh, he, he just, he accepted a scholarship offer to Omaha, uh, Nebraska. So 
he's still, he just turned 16, so he's still pretty young. But uh, I think we're going to end up going that route because we obviously we committed to them. So we are going to go that route. <laughs> <laughs> what's yeah. uh what's your what's your what's your younger guy like are they the same player kind of or, no, or are they anything like dad no uh well my 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 oldest is a forward and then the youngest is a defenseman so uh, two different types of players but my my oldest is way more skilled than than i was if i don't know if i can call me a skilled player but you know the things that these kids can do with the puck these days is is amazing yeah. and phenomenal there's stuff that i wouldn't even think of doing but um, these kids are doing that at full speed and, you know, the, the old Michigan goal, like now it seems like everybody's doing that, uh, you know, whenever they want. So, uh, but yeah, he's, they're both, you know, pretty high end players and, uh, one, you know, the forward is, uh, he's having a good year. They're both having a good year. So just kind of going through the whole steps now with the kids and it's changed so much since I went through it. So trying to get up to speed and how everything works and, you know, the whole draft thing with, uh, you know, the Bantam draft and, you know, my, my oldest went through it and, you know, the questions that they ask and it's just kind of, it's just crazy how in depth they go now. Coached a bit too, right? Like you helped out with the, uh, with the oil Kings. Is that, uh, was that like last few years or thing? Yeah. So I, I helped, uh, I was assistant coach with the golden bears for, I think three, three, four years. And then uh, I transitioned over to the Oil Kings and uh, was assistant coach slash skills coach for uh, three or four years there. And then, you know, just now helping out with the U18 team with my older boy and well, actually both boys. I'm trying to, you know, coach and get on the bench with them. So when you, you're talking about the kids and how skilled they are nowadays and you're out there where, you know, being the skills coach, is there a lot of times that they're like, listen, old man, like, let, yeah. let me show you something here. <laughs> well, sometimes I got to show them up a little bit, right? I think I, I still have an edge on them a little bit, but they're, they're getting real close. Like when I'm trying to show them stuff, I'm just like, just don't fall, don't fall, you know? <laughs> If they ever question that they they're more skilled than you, just remind them you had 14 goals in one NHL playoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then they'll up. always YouTube my fight and they'll say you lost that fight, Dad. The only fight you had, you lost against two. Yeah, I don't want to go into that. All right, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's end it on a, let's end it on a positive note. Route two, route two. Oh, oh yeah. So right, oh, right on. Um, how we wrap these up is like just uh, quick, uh, some rapid fire questions. Uh, first thing that kind of comes to your mind and uh, throw it out there. I hand it over to you, Shane. Your uh, favorite uh, favorite road barn in the show. You guys are out traveling, even city like barn or city to to be in when you guys are on the road. New York, the Isle. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> MSG, MSG uh player that you played against in the show that when you you know played against him you were just in awe uh oh there's lots of those like mario lemieux was my first year and uh just kind of watching him skating up down the ice it was uh you know you're kind of in awe of him just because you grew up watching him one guy you played with who was the out of all the guys you played with the ultimate teammate there's probably about four or five guys that I would say I'd put in that category. Um, Jason Smith, Ethan Morrow, Steve Stales, Sean Horkoff. Um, yeah, a lot of guys like that. 
what's uh you know, when, when, when you look back and in, in your times, what was the coldest you remember coming back to Edmonton and being like, why do I play in Edmonton? Why am I not in uh, Anaheim yeah. or Los Angeles? Well, when we played in, uh, when I was playing in Chicago, we landed in Edmonton and it was like minus 37. And I was sitting next to Marion Hosa on the bus and he looks at me and he goes, how the hell did you play here for that long? <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's home, man. It's home. What do you want me to say? Okay, two-part question. Who was tougher and who had quicker feet between you and Steve Mack? Who was tougher? <laughs> we had Stevie Mack on the show, and we, we bug him about his slow feet, so I had to ask the question. He, he was fast north-south, but you get him going east-west. He was uh, in trouble. He was, he was way tougher, yeah. <laughs> he plays... He he plays senior hockey here still in Saskatchewan. And we said on our show that we heard he was getting slow and he heard it and didn't like it too Wasn't much. Wasn't happy with us. He's, He's got a bounty good. out on us now. Yeah. Oh, is he good? Uh, <laughs> hey man, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for doing this and, uh, yeah, and sharing no your journey and everything. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. If people ask you if you want to go do something in life, just say, why wouldn't a guy or why wouldn't a girl? The interview wrap-up for 2020 Geomatics Land Chopping Up Weapons. If you got anything that you're thinking about uh, getting done there, Malcolm and his team will come down, sit down for a nice cup of decaf, Sanka, and talk about uh, your best options. When you're looking at surveying some land, you can find them easy in the old Google. 2020 Geomatics. And guys, I got to mention that rocket gear that Fernando talked about at the start, off the start. Uh, my kids tried it, Shane, like I said, your, your, your kids should get it on Uh pretty, pretty cool stuff that the, the science guys came up with in Alberta. It's like, you know what the little, the little weights, you know what they look like belts, you know, when you had a pellet gun, yep. like that little cylinder, mm-hmm. you can take them in or out and add weight or take weight off. And yeah, it's, it's trained the way you play. So I, I heard from the rocket gear guys and it's rocket R O K E T 30% off for anyone. Monday Nooner, you, you mentioned Monday Nooner. I think you just go on their, their website, mention Nooner, and you're going to get 30% off Rocket Gear. So, and uh, yeah, DM us if you have any problems with that. May have good to interview. Get, good may interview. have to get some, boys. We may have to get some for the Friday skates. As yeah, a, no, Fernando, great interview. As a guy who's playing with a few extra pounds as opposed to what he was a few years ago, yeah. definitely definitely uh, hurts a little bit more when you're Ooh. buzzing around out there with a few yeah. extra LBs. So, yeah. No, he was great. I, I was I was giggling about I was thinking about is when they drafted him, they're probably like, ah, Pisani kind of he probably makes a good pizza. Let's just take him here in the eighth. Let's just throw a dark dish. They make a good deep dish. Yeah, and it's or uh, the GM's favorite song was favorite band was ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> so look at the list. It's like, who do we got here? Fernando. <laughs> Let's take him. Let's just see. Pretty cool though, right? Like AJ, AJHL, hometown team, take takes a fire, and you have no idea it's like your buddy's mom is the one that uh your buddy's mom is the one that tells you yeah Yeah. that's crazy compared to the way things are now like you didn't even know you got drafted can't even fathom that now every kid that's a and he never really talked about he never even talked about like when they phoned him and told him he said he kind of just found out the next day (laughs) even the news didn't they're like uh no you're not on the list bud beat it yeah take a seat fernando hey barry just dropped out of the call here but we're going to keep recording and uh i want you to tell everybody 
you got back on the Jets. We kind of t- we hinted it on the senior show last yep. week. So you've skated with your kids, like out on skates and stuff, pushing pushing pucks, doing yeah. drills. But you played rec hockey a couple Fridays ago. Did you go this past week? Uh, you know what? I didn't because I was so effing sick. Non-committal. Non- yeah, I had a stomach bug so bad. But uh, this Friday, I will be back. And uh, it was awesome. I had a I had a great time. I thought you were buzzing. Like you really talk yourself down. Um, but I thought you were good. Thought you were real good. Uh, Barry's out of shape, but he was. Yeah, I could see he's like, God. He wants to get back there. He was back checking, giving her a couple good dangles at the end. He still got some moves, but uh, it was fun. Team Black. Team Black was good. How old are your skates? My skates. Well. So the skates that I got on, I, I, they got to be 25 years old still. I got a, and I get the funny story about those skates. I got a brand new pair of them. The boys make fun of me all the time. I got a brand new pair of those same ones They're And they're like 26 years old. They're still in the freaking box. So you got those when you were playing. Yeah. Yeah. That was my last year of pro. I still, I was still using those. I wore them all through my rec and senior and everything. And I'm still 26 years ago. You played pro. It must've been more recent. No, 20, 20 years ago. Sorry. Yeah. 20 years ago so yeah CCM. 20 years old old ccm tax can't beat them <laughs> you should try and get new blades in those things i know i, well, I got I, I got a brand new pair of skates i gotta use but i'm so fat and out of shape that i gotta get a really dirty rocker on that thing and i haven't uh i haven't been able to get one set properly yet but i will gonna get the new new wheels later soon i had my skates from bantam until last year and i broke a blade and i oh, went yeah. to the local local skate sharpening shop went to a few of them I'm like hey can i get a replacement blade on that on my he skate he's like yeah what kind of skate i showed him my skate he's like they haven't made those for at least 10 years i'm like oh <laughs> okay he's like yeah they don't make the blades like that anymore I'm like so so what do you wear now because i i was in the, i was in uh where was it the other day i think it was an extreme the other day i picked something up for the kids i was looking at skates and i was like pick this one up and i was just like oh my god they're, they're light. so light like this thing must have been like ounces so uh, what, like, what do guys, what do you, what do people even wear nowadays? Like, and I looked, they were like 1100 bucks. I was like, Oh, I wear the Bauer vapors. They're like the middle one. Like I think they're okay. 500 bucks or something like that. They're not the top end, but they're Crazy. not the, yeah. The heaviest skate ever in the history of the world. And I thought I was such a baller <laughs> and like our first year Bantam or Reebok something like that. No, Riddell, Riddell switchets. They were, I don't tall. remember them. You could, they were, they oh, were yeah, a skate do, do, do. boot and yeah. you could kick off the blades and put in roller blades in yes. the summer. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, watch my training go to another level. Like those roller <laughs> blades must've been worn maybe five times. And they were just heavy. That's so funny. Well, <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of that, I actually got a pair of the same boots with roller blades on them in my garage. And I don't think they've turned a wheel in 15 years either. <laughs> That's oh, our uh, Sven boot and Sean segment. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah hey interview wrap up yeah what a what a weapon pisani was and uh thank him for coming on the show for sure certainly got off the uh yeah we'll have to do a weekly shane shane skate update we're getting a good shape here yet boys don't worry yeah, big rec hockey back guy. buzzing big rec hockey guy. what else do we got uh on the go hey speaking of your friday team just like all the other senior teams get signed up for the great western deal i know there's a uh, fundraiser tournament for some police officers happening and they messaged about the uh, great Western deal. So anything you got going on, whether it's a rec hockey tournament, your senior team, whatever it is, reach out to us. We'll get you hooked up with great Western. You can uh, get part of the beer deal. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. I just picked up a nice case of GW Classic the other day because they uh, they had them at the Brandt Center there for Brian Adams, and I was like, oh yeah, Classic in the can. That, that's an underrated beer. The old Classics are still vying hard for uh, the honey wheat to come back, but don't. And then see small town bars, right? Some of them they got the uh, Monday Nooner coasters out there. You can scan the barcode, takes you right to the Monday Nooner. So thanks to the Great Western team for doing that. And yeah, every week we're getting at least two or three teams sign up for this beer deal. Appreciate it. Yeah. And like we said, doesn't have to just be teams, whether you've got uh, anything to buy beer for, get in touch with us and we'd love to uh, team you up with GW. Hey, senior hockey segment. We don't really have much of a segment today, but we'll just uh, say again on Thursday, we're going to have the top 10 show. I think for the most part, our top 10 worked out okay this week, except for maybe my, uh, Odessa Vibank in the nine hole or 10 hole or whatever. They kept it close with Belcaris. I think it was a four, two final. So they didn't embarrass themselves. I was a little bit worried that they were going to get like trounced. Just pummeled after I put them in the top 10. But things another are, thing th- I was good. No, go ahead. Sorry. Th- things are going to start evening out here a bit in the next couple of weeks. It's all going to, you know, become a little clearer on, on what we were, what we we're doing and who's, who's going, but a lot of teams are missing guys already. And then we're getting the excuses come through the direct road. You know, Everybody's we're, we're... missing guys. Guys are sick. I don't buy into that excuse. Travel a couple hours. Ice fishing's wanna... getting rolling. Like Belter says, the cream always rises to the top. Always rises. Yeah. Do we, do we want to talk about the uh, the controversy on this show? Or do you want to wait for the senior show? And we talk about, uh, I think Lee we talk Roy, about what... that now. Let's Leroy, talk about it a little bit now. Okay. Leroy and Wadina play game one of the season. Two yeah. absolute wagons this year. So they're supposed to be uh, Wadina missing some guys again. No excuses. And Leroy shaded them. Was it in overtime? And the guy that scored the goal possibly yes. had stick and fraction. Yep. Like we were getting so many messages from guys saying, oh, this, this. And then a possible illegal player, which wasn't the case. Allegedly. Have we got confirmation on that yet, Boz? You were the guy doing the... Uh... Hey, I I was the one getting yelled at. Well, tell us I, what you heard and what you so know. I got I got a text basically, who the F runs your guys' social media? You guys are idiots. Well, you guys seen the stuff I sent you. And basically, we, we don't know what we're talking about. I'll bet you 10K that they don't lose the game. Big 10K. So the Leroy 10Ks from now on. But yeah. All over us. So apparently it wasn't true. It was a Sask hockey mix-up is what we were told. So that's that's what we got to go. That's insider. That's what we got to go with. Human error. Shit happens. Right. Human talk, error. Talk about the passion and the give a shit factor. It. Game one of the season. I love it. That these guys are getting that, you know, riled up that early. It's awesome. They're, they do what they do. We do what we do. It just makes it real fun. I'm still on Wadina's side. I think they're uh, I think they're the better team than Leroy. I really do. The Wagons. I'm I'm keeping my stock with Wadina. Is that is selling. that the is that the end of that for, for you know what I what I said maybe we'll get into the senior show a little bit more, but I think that this rivalry now is so hot and heavy. Oh, it's gonna be good. That the Monday nooner should almost get fifty percent of the gate. Every time these guys play this year, and we'll donate it to charity. Like they like guys, donuts with it. They hate each other already, right? And they're just that's awesome. 
the heckling on social media and, and the DMs. And it's like, well, these guys, these guys have a lot of time on your hands. And then just to mention, you know, again, one more time, guys that don't have a lot of time on their hands because they're busy moving iron. We've got to give another plug to our title sponsor, Rosetown Mainline GM and Rosetown <laughs> Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. The king of trucks. We mentioned it off the top. If you need a uh, any kind of vehicle right now, maybe it's a, it's a nice Christmas present as well. You, Would you be. look up the king of trucks. Yeah, buy uh, buy the old man a nice big new Dodge Diesel from up there. Wrap big bow on it when he wakes up in the morning. Do something nice for your fella. That's why we haven't heard from Shouty Scotty, right? He, he his uh, his ears usually to the ground when it comes to senior, but they're just they're busy moving iron, buzzing. By the way, what do you know? Shot Leroy forty to twenty six that night. Wow, one in overtime, three to two, but. Uh, December 7th is the rematch. Maybe we'll head out to Leroy, 8 o'clock, buy our lucky lotto tickets and uh, belly up to the bar in Leroy. That'll be a good game. Yeah, be a buzzer. Has Drake played yet? I don't think they have. Drake plays when they want to I think they play this weekend, their opener. We're not just a long lake podcast, by the way. We're going to cover all the other leagues on our show. There's a lot of action this past weekend. There's a lot of games to tee up. We just... uh, Got to keep collecting info and, and bring it all to you in one spot on Thursday. And if you missed it, the player of the week, week one, new shirts are in. Big got senior em. hockey guy, t-shirts are in. We got to get it up to Brett. Is it Brett or Brett? I fucked it up again. Brett. Novak. Brett, Brett Novak up in Bigger. Uh, he was the uh, player of the game. What did he have? How many points was it again? Eight. Oh. In one game. That's more than me in Friday nooner. Yeah. And I Our goalie is 65 years old. Can't even... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, unreal. So if you're listening to this today, when it comes out on Tuesday, we haven't recorded our senior top 10 show yet. So if you have any player of the week nominations yes. that you can get to us by yeah. Wednesday at noon, let us know. We'll get them into the uh, player of the week when that last mountain distillery tarp. That should be it yeah. for our senior segment. Tune in Thursday for all the details on all of the leagues. Yeah, and last Mountain Distiller, we got to give them a plug. Uh, Christmas season around the corner, a nice local uh, present for somebody. The cherry whiskey, the hazelnut oh, liqueur. You can go old school in the standard. Never going to go wrong with the dill pickle vodka. Local distillery made in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, supporting the local people, senior hockey teams, everything. Last Mountain Distillery, and they're the uh, sponsor of the tarp. So we love everything that they're doing. Support Last Mountain. Take a seat, son. Brought to you by the Rusty Shovel. Landscape shop, landscape season. Make sure you talk to the Rusty Shovel. You're going to get these jobs done. Use the local company that supports uh, back into our community. Google them. Look them up on social media. They're quite active on all platforms. The Rusty Shovel in Regina. What do you guys got for take a seat this week? I'm a little light. I'll start. If you guys are going to pause, I'll get going because this pissed me off this week with the snowfall. Barney gave a big shout out to highways. Agreed. But... The city of Regina has got to take a seat for their plow job. They can't. I got up that morning after that snowfall. I literally had a one foot ridge. It was all the way down. Like, you know, how they go and then they open it up where there's no parking there and they let all their snow go. And then, but it was like <laughs> across our whole driveway, all the way down the street. And people are out there like plowing it with their snowblowers back onto the street. Cause there's nowhere else to put it. Like you couldn't, they had to go to work so they're all back so it's all back out there horrible job they claim the city of regina is claiming that it's like a that they contract that out i don't know if they do or not but uh yeah bad chicken it was not a not a good 
good job that day. Guy must have been uh, having a bad day, but it was terrible. So take a seat. This isn't even really a take. Well, kind of, sort of, because you you bugged me because you thought I kind of gave him a shout out that one day. But Hockey Canada too can take a seat. They lost. They were mentioned on the news the other day. They lost twenty six mil in sponsorship. That is good for them. They deserve that. But I wonder, are they going to try to up fees and recoup that from on the backs and heels of parents and kids next year? I wonder. Be another t- good talking point, possibly. If they don't have to put a fund towards covering up yeah. assaults, maybe they won't assaults. need all of that. Yeah. yeah, bunch of pigeons. Take a uh, seat. My, I got one. Take a seat to um, hockey organizations that, for some reason, thought that we can't let Adam kids oh, play God. until November fifteenth. <sighs> like, wait, they got to go and they practice and all that. Like, where's the data? that shows that this is a good idea. Like they couldn't have started playing two weeks ago. Like all they've been doing is practicing. It's like, all right, here's the cone drill again. Oh God. Yeah. So take a seat. Whoever came up with the no Adam hockey until November 15th. Some bad analytics. I'd like to tell my Dale Mustangs captain, Steve Lindenbach to take a seat. Apparently we were pumping his tires player of the week with a hat trick. Now word on the street. Yeah. He didn't actually have a hat trick, but he was chiseling that. from his teammates, one of which was a first ever senior goal from a rookie defenseman. He chiseled the kid's goal in order to get the hat trick. So apparently didn't even have a hat trick. He chiseled from one of his rookie teammates. So take a and, seat, Steve. And take a seat, Steve, because the defenseman I heard was only 13 years old, too. So take a seat. <laughs> he was a peewee. Hey, <laughs> you he's 13. Even, he's not even supposed to be playing until November yeah. 15th. Yeah. <laughs> Pylon drill guy, big full ice horseshoe guy. Oh, you you really you really went there with Steve. Like, is that confirmed then? That that's not. Well, it's out there now. It's out there now. Allegedly, allegedly. I've heard allegedly. from a pretty good source out in Mydale that he is a a one chiseler, chisel guy. Take a seat for the rusty shovel in Regina, and uh, yeah, see him for anything you need. They're putting up Christmas trees downtown. Uh, Regina looks looks real nice. They Some of them are. So Some do you are. do you guys have like a tirade tonight, or should we go more in like an antique collectible? Uh, what do you got, Bell? What do you, do you got something? Because I no. got some. I got. I don't even know what this kind of how this would fit in, but I I know, I know that the boys at High Tech will like this segment. So I'm cleaning out our base. Sorry, my wife's cleaning out the basement. She's like, clean out this freaking room underneath the stairs, Shane. Like, oh, there's so much hockey shit in there, right? Barney, same thing. Be with you. I clean it out. I'm like, okay, gonna keep this. Gonna get rid of this. Keep this. Get anyway. I have this, these three or four, a, a, a massive amount of shit, basically that is still good stuff, but I don't want it. She was like, well, just sell it. And I'm like, how? How? Like for five dollars, two dollars per shin pad, whatever. So at the end of the day, <clears throat> she put some stuff up. This guy messages her says hey can i buy the one helmet for you from you for like five bucks it's for a non-profit and i'm like hey do you want like tons of stuff like i'll give you a bunch of old easton ultralight flex 110s like i'll give you tons of shit he's like yeah we are a underprivileged place they call they're called i'm gonna give them kind of a shout out here too they're called the reggie city youth reggiecityyouth.ca is the website they go by this hashtag infinite gratitude i gave them all of our hockey stuff, everything in one shot, didn't have to sell it, nothing. Boom. They gave me a huge donation receipt with a dollar value on it that I can write off of my taxes and boom, out the door. It was unreal. Great, great setup. And they were super appreciative. So if anybody's got stuff laying around, that's what 
and, and it goes to underprivileged underprivileged youth and they I yeah they they have a their uh, Bedard's um skating coach he said is getting them a skate sharpener helping them line up a skate sharpener stuff for the kids so any sports anything www.reggiecityyouth.ca go check it out if you got stuff to donate so yeah that's part of my thing this week but I thought it was just a real cool if, thing if uh could have almost been the antique segment with all that old hockey shit. Oh, you know it. Well, a lot of it was kid stuff, so it worked out good. Actually, I don't I don't think there's any actually adult equipment in there except for some sticks. I told them just saw them off, boys, saw them in half. I got some frick, I got some golf clubs I can donate. Mine just and they take them. Mine don't work. They'll take anything. They'll take anything you got. So yeah, if any of you guys are trying to sell your five dollar shin pads, just donate them to these guys and uh, they go to good use and get kids. What kind That's of good. receipt? What kind Never of receipt am I looking at for a Wilson <laughs> killer whale? <laughs> Set your own price. Set your own price. Uh, we got to give, uh, yeah, that is for high-tech profiles, uh, the good folks there in Saskatoon and Regina. Um, if you're a manufacturer in construction or fabrication, call high-tech for manufactured steel products. There you go, right? So it's a quick yep. little job there. Manufacturer, construction, or fabrication. Call High Tech um, for your steel products. Thanks to High Tech Profiles, as always, for uh, sponsoring the Nooner. An Unreal Fire Pits. I was going to say, just a matter of time before Shane brings up the fire pits. Love the Drink. fire pits. All right. That's good, fellas. Let's get a, a wrap on this so we can get it edited and out to the people here tomorrow, Tuesday. We, we what do you got, Shane? We got our hats. Our GB construction. Thank you very much. Oh, Monday yeah. Nooner, the old Team Canada logo hats. We got license plate covers. We got lanyards. The Last Mountain Senior Hockey tarps are in, and we have new toques coming down the road. Thanks to Colin McLeod and everyone at Talbot Marketing got got us the hats and shirts in a, in a timely manner here. So we're gonna start giving out those. Check out the socials. We're gonna have some some cool things. Brandon's dropping one off to a Jody or a Pat or somebody like that. And Jody Messina. Getting my Dale that lost his jibs is getting one. I know he's messaged us. It's coming. It's coming, bud. And what hey, you got Shane. Batters is going to be getting the outdoor rink going. Hey, old Al Batters out of Kipling. Is it up and running yet? I haven't seen. So. I think they need a little more steady, cool weather to get the first flood down. It's been pretty uh, cool. It has been. Cool. I imagine in the next week or two, it'll be full fledged. Uh, we'll get the Batters GB rink report coming up here over the next what couple of weeks. We'll have a Friday skate out there now that I'm buzzing again. Thursday, Senior Hockey Top 10 show. Will the uh, Keniston Blizz stay at number one? They had a tight match with Kyle on the weekend. They did come out on top, though. Find out Thursday, Senior Hockey Top 10 show. Have a good week, everybody.